0: What is the mark of a mature church? We'll take a look at one such mark next on Times of Refreshing. There are a lot of marks that tell us whether a church is growing or not. Not necessarily the numbers. We're talking about a spiritual growth. One of those markers can be found in the term intercession. Indeed, a mature church is one that seriously looks after and cares for others, even including interceding on their behalf, caring that much for them. Welcome to Times of Refreshing with Pastor Napoleon Kaufman from The Well, a Christian community. We would invite you to join us today as we take a look at the sign of a mature church, that of intercession. With today's broadcast of Times of Refreshing now, here's Pastor Napoleon Kaufman.
1: Hebrews chapter 7, verse 20 to 25, tells us a little bit about the heart of our Lord, His passion, and what He really lives to do for us. Look what it says here in verse 20. And inasmuch as he, Jesus, was not made priest without an oath. For they, having become priest without an oath, but he with an oath by him who said to him, and this will explain it for us, the Lord has sworn and will not relent, you are a priest forever according to the order of Melchizedek. So what he's basically saying is that the the natural priest, they had terms and limits to what their responsibility was. Period of time they served. Then eventually these individuals died. They were established as priest without an oath. It wasn't that God did not want them to be priest, but the Lord Jesus Christ, when he came along, he was established With the priesthood that that was after the order of Melchizedek, which was an everlasting priesthood. And not only was he established to an everlasting priesthood, but he was established with an oath. And this was the oath in verse 24, 21. The Lord has sworn and will not relent. You are a priest forever. According to the order of Melchizedek. By so much more, Jesus has become a surety. Of a better covenant. Also, there were many priests because they were prevented by death. uh, Excuse me. Also, there were many priests because they were prevented by death from continuing. But He, Jesus Christ, because He continues forever, has an unchangeable priesthood. Therefore, He is also able to save to the uttermost those who come to God our Father through Him. Now, look at this. Since he always lives to make what? To make what? To make intercession for them. This is the heart of our Lord. It says he always lives to do this. And if Jesus Christ always lives to make intercession. And this same Jesus is on the inside of us. And he's living and dwelling and moving on the inside of us. We should always live to make intercession. It has to become our passion to interpose ourselves between two parties and their difficulties or crisis, to offer up prayer to God, to stand in the gap, to say, Lord, what can we do? Lord, I ask you to affect change. And if need be, I like what it says here, to offer aid or arbitration or mediation so that people can come to a place of safety and security in their lives. Well, this is our heart. This is our desire. This has to become our passion. Not just my passion, but as a church, we have to see this as a a value that I am able, that when I do this through prayer or just through offering aid, it's going to affect change. God will respond. He will respond to me in my decision to do this. And so all of us have to think this way because this is what the Lord is all about. This is what he loves to do. He always lives to make intercession. So it says, therefore, he is also able to save to the uttermost those who come to God through him, since he always lives to make intercession. For the people are coming, and they're coming to give their life to God. They're coming to be saved. And it's good to know that when you're getting saved and after you've given your life to God that you still have the Lord Jesus Christ who is your high priest sitting on the right hand of the Father that's continually making intercession for you. Dealing with stuff that you may not even see. Dealing with things that you don't even have any clue about. I'm so happy that Jesus Christ is not just in my past, he's not just in my presence, but he's also in my future. And that he can see things coming that I can't see. And he can stand in the gap and intercede. Peter, Satan has desired to sift you as wheat. But I pray for you that your faith fail not. He said, this is what's coming down the road. But I've already prayed for you, man. You're going to make it through this. Whoa! Aren't you happy that Jesus sees stuff that you don't even see coming? That he's already one step ahead of you, Amen. Well, that's what happens. And so this is what he does, and this is what we have to learn to do. You should be praying. If your kids are going off to college, you should be interceding for them right now. Don't wait until they, you know, are already gone and then start praying. That's what a lot of people do. We got to start praying in advance. Amen? This is what I know. The devil's going to try to tempt you with this. This is going to happen. We know what the devil's going to try to do. We got to set up. We got to set up an ambush for the devil instead of letting our kids get into an ambush. We, our kids are going from middle school into high school. But you know what? I'm starting to pray for them now. Pray for them now. Pray for them now. Your husband just got on a new job. You know there's going to be some turbulence going through the job, going through the transition. Start praying now, Amen. All these things are things that we have to learn to start doing. And then even as a church, we're, we're transitioning from this location to the next church location. We got to start praying now. Amen? Amen. And so all of us have to start thinking this way. Get it down in our spirit. And especially as men, you have an obligation to intercede for your family. No one can come in and destroy a person's house except they first bind the strong man. You are the strong man in your house. You got to position yourself in a position to ward off any demonic attack against. Can I have an amen in this place? Against any demonic attack against your family. A lot of times we sit back. Oh, the devil just knocked me out. The devil is a lie. I came out swinging. I'm hitting him first. Can I have an amen in this place? You got to start swinging first. And what happens is people don't realize that this has to be a part of our culture. It's the Lord's heart. He's in your future. Tap into his mind. Begin to intercede. You 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 can thwart the enemy's attacks and schemes if you step out and respond to God. Open your heart up to God and allow intercession to begin to flow. This is a big part of what we've got to do as a people of God. And God wants us to do it. Because at the end of the day, it's his heart. He always lives to make intercession. Amen? Go to 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 1, on down to 4. It says, therefore, I exhort, first of all, that supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men. Somebody say all men. All men, for all men, he says, for kings and for all who are in authority, why? That we may lead a quiet and peaceable life and all godliness and reverence. He says, for this is good and acceptable in the sight of God, our Savior, who desires all men. Somebody say all men. Who desires all men to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. This is important. Jesus' heart is to, is to intercede. But then I love it because he says, now the Bible is telling us clearly we have to pray for, for all men. And this is important because a lot of times we can be selective in our intercession. Selective in our intercession. You know, we don't mind praying for our kids and for our family, you know. But what about that coworker? You know the one that been stabbing you in the back and lying on you on the job and but then they come in and they they get hit with a sickness or something or somebody dies in their family. And we hear about it and and instead of us praying for them, we're thanking God. That's not how we respond. As the saints of God, we have to realize that God wants us to to interpose ourselves between a person and their crisis. That our job is to go before God and intercede for everyone. Not just for people that we think are right. Or agree with us. Or we think are, you know, acceptable in the sight of God. We let God deal with that. Our job is just to intercede and pray for everyone. Amen? And it's our job to do this. And I think that sometimes we... We don't realize it. He says, therefore, I exert, first of all, that supplications, prayers, intercession, and giving of thanks be made for all men, for kings. In our case, it would be someone like the president and all who are in authority, our government. How often do you pray for your president? Do you pray for the House, for the Senate? Do you pray for senators? Do you pray for people? You know, a lot of times this is one of the big things, especially when we have years like this, when we have, you know, the political thing going on, and we're getting ready to vote, and who's that? And, you know, there's so much division in the country. But us as Christians, we shouldn't get involved in all that. At the end of the day, we serve the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Amen. Amen. Doesn't matter if you're Democrat or Republican or whoever, at the end of the day, we need to pray for all of our leadership, amen? And I think this is big, because this is one of the ways in which the devil brings division in local churches, and I'm telling you right now, and I know you love me, but I'm telling you, we don't tolerate that around here. We don't let a political spirit and all this stuff come into the church, and you won't hear me preaching politics from this pulpit. I preach Jesus Christ and Him crucified. Amen. Can I have an amen? amen? I encourage you to vote, but I'm not going to sit here and try to dictate policy in people's lives. We all need to pray, hear from God. If we all have the Holy Spirit and do what the Spirit of God is telling us to do, amen? And we're not going to sit here and fight about who this red, you red, you blue, you, the devil is a lie. I'm covered in the blood. That's what I'm covered in. And all of us got to realize that, amen? We got a kingdom culture at this church. And so regardless of who's in leadership, our job is to stand in the gap and intercede and to pray and to believe that God's will will be done on earth as it is in heaven. It doesn't matter. I don't care if the president is green. I'm going to pray for him. Amen. And all of us here have to stop and say, okay, God, you're saying through your word that we are to pray and offer up prayers for kings and all who are in authority That we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and reverence. We can affect change in our communities through our prayers. We can affect change in the government through our prayers. God will respond to our prayers as we intercede. But if we become self-righteous and uh, uh, divided and we sit over here and and I don't like him and and this, that, and the other. And and we get into that, then God, what's going to happen is we don't realize it's going to take our peace away. We'll never live a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and reverence because God, he won't respond to us if we're responding like that. Our church corporately has to be a church where we, we side with God on all matters and his will and we respond. Our personal preferences mean nothing to God. Amen. Glory to God, I like this. Our personal preferences mean nothing to God. We have to stop and say, Lord, Lord, help me to capture your heart Help me to capture your heart, God. Help me to capture your heart. In God's heart, it is clear. He forever lives to make intercession, and our job is to pray. For this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior. It's a good thing to pray for people, to intercede for people. And then he says, who desires all men to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. At the end of the day, it doesn't matter how bad that co-worker is, or somebody in the government is, or who is this or that. It doesn't matter. At the end of the day, Jesus sure would love them to come to repentance. And truth be told, if people knew our stories and, and how God, how it was a miracle that we're sitting here today. Amen. 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 It's a miracle. And that, you know, I, I don't know about you, but I know that I, hey, some of us know we used to use the Lord's name in vain. And we used to do things that were profane. But the Lord didn't give up on us. And he saved us, and now we're in here shouting when we used to be critical of people that were Christians, amen? But look at God. And I thank God because I have people that come to me now and say, Pastor Napoleon, my goodness, when you were in college, we prayed for you. We knew you needed to be saved. (laughs) And they look at me like they saw a miracle. It's like, I cannot believe you are preaching now, I am, I am. But a lot of it has to do with, now listen to me, saints. A lot of it has to do with the fact that someone interposed themselves between me and my crisis when I didn't even know it. Amen? Amen. Now, very quickly, I want to show you a picture of this. Okay? So that all of us will understand in some ways how, how influential you can be. How influential you really can be. Doesn't matter how old you are, how young. If you are covered in the blood, you are a Christian, you have a relationship with God. Do you know that you have influence? You have influence with God. Go to Genesis chapter 18. And we're going to walk through this. God is on his journey with Abram or Abraham. And in the midst of this, Abraham begins to do something that I believe is is the Lord's heart and is something that all of us have to have a heart to do. Lot is now in Sodom. He pitched his tent towards Sodom and eventually ends up in Sodom and is in a tough situation. This city is engrossed, in immorality like we've probably never seen before. Ungodliness, debauchery, revelry, drinking parties, ungodliness. Filth, perversion, lust on a scale to which God had said, I've had enough. I've just had enough. And he's not just talking about individuals. He's talking about the whole city. But here comes Abraham. Then the men rose, verse 16. Then the men rose from there and looked toward Sodom. And Abraham went with them to send them on their way. And the Lord said, shall I hide from Abraham what I am doing? Since Abraham shall surely become a great and mighty nation and all the nations of the earth shall be blessed in him. For I have known him. Look at this. Relationship. In order that he may command his children and his household after him that they should keep the way of the Lord to do righteousness and justice. That the Lord may bring to Abraham what he has spoken to him. And the Lord said, because the outcry against Sodom and Gomorrah is great, and because their sin is very grave. Look at this. He's talking about a city. Their sin is very grave. I will go down now and see whether they have done altogether according to the outcry against it that has come to me, and if not, I will know. Then the men turned away from there and went toward Sodom. And Abraham stood, still stood before the Lord. And Abraham came near and said, would you also destroy the righteous with the wicked? What he's doing now is he's interposing himself between God and these people. He's interceding for them. He stands. These men go. It says in verse 22. Then the men turned away from there and, and went towards Sodom. But Abraham still stood before the Lord. And Abraham came near and said, Would you also destroy the righteous with the wicked? intercession. Suppose there were 50 righteous within the city. Would you also destroy the place and not spare it for the 50 righteous that were in it? Far be it from you to do such a thing as this, to slay the righteous with the wicked so that the righteous should be as the wicked. Far be it from you. Shall, you, sh- shall not the judge of all do, of the earth do right? So the Lord said, If I find in Sodom 50 righteous within the city, then I will spare all the place for their sake. This is Abraham having this dialogue with God, interposing himself between these people and a difficult situation or crisis. But look at God's response to Abraham in this the same way that God responds to us corporately as a church or individually as individuals. He goes down and says in verse 27. Then Abraham answered and said, Indeed now, I, who am but dust and ashes, have taken it upon myself to speak to the Lord. Suppose there were five less than the fifty righteous, would you destroy all the city for lack of five? So he says, If I find there forty-five, I will not destroy it. And so this is what happens to us. We, we should start getting a little happy about how God responds to us when we choose to intercede. God responded in this area. Well, maybe I should start asking for a little bit more in this area. Who knows what God will do? But we will never know if we don't start somewhere and begin to pray and intercede for people. Amen? Amen. And he spoke to him, verse 29, yet again and said, suppose there should be 40 found there. So he said, I will not do it for the f- sake of 40. Then he said, let not the Lord be angry, (laughs) and I will speak. Suppose 30 should be found there. So he said, I will not do it if I find 30 there. And he said, indeed, now I have spoken, taken it upon myself to speak to the Lord. Suppose 20 should be found there. So he said, I will not destroy it for the sake of 20. Then he said, let not the Lord be angry. And I will speak, but once more, suppose ten should be found there. And he said, I will not destroy it for the sake of ten. So the Lord went his way as soon as he had finished speaking with Abraham, and Abraham returned to his place. Saints, listen to the influence that he has upon, upon God. Look at what he does. For us as a church, we have to get it in our mind that we have... A relationship with God and God's heart for us is to do basically what Abraham is doing he's sitting here and he's saying God have mercy God I'm standing in the gap for these people God be merciful towards these people God make sure that those who are righteous truly get their deliverance this is what he's doing well for us as a church we want to partner with the Lord Capture capture the heart of Jesus Christ and begin to do the same thing for our communities. We need to pray for our schools, saints. We need to pray for San Francisco. We need to pray for our government. We need to pray for the Bay Area. We need to pray like we've never prayed before. God is laying this on my heart because sometimes we talk about prayer, but we don't do it. We know it's the right thing to do, but we don't do it. And we sit back and we watch how the devil attacks our cities, our churches, our communities, our children. And we just say, well, the Lord will handle it. No, no, no. Abraham stood before the Lord. He made his request known to God and God responded in kind. As for us, as the saints of God, we have to stop and start realizing how influential we are with God. That I know something that can affect change in this country. I know something that can affect change in our communities. I know something that can affect change in our schools. And it's not just picketing. It's not just going out and having a, a, a takeover of the city. What is it called? A, a, a occupy. It will save you a lot of time and money if you just drop to your knees. Amen. Can I have an amen in this place? If you drop to your knees and you say, God... Move in this situation. God, we're standing in the gap for this situation. God, we position ourselves in this situation. God, have mercy. There are people that love you and that are concerned about your your purposes and your desires in their life. God, have mercy upon them. And God will respond to our prayers. Amen? Amen? And so all of us, I am challenging every single member of this church, every person under the sound of my voice. It's time for us to step up, to go to another level and say, God, if we want to change our economy, if we want to change what we have going on, like I said, in the schools, the Lord, we're committing ourselves to intercession. We're committing ourselves to prayer. We're committing ourselves to standing in the gap for somebody else that they, there might be a gap between them and and their crisis and their difficult situation. Simple, but necessary right now.
0: A production of The Well Christian Community. This has been Times of Refreshing with our teacher and pastor, Napoleon Kaufman. As we close out our time together today, we trust and pray our time together has encouraged you in Christ, has encouraged you in your walk and relationship with Him. If it has, we'd love to hear from you. There are a couple of ways you can get a hold of us. By phone, of course, the easiest, 925 292 7800. Again, you can reach us at 925 292 7800. You're also welcome to write to us, address your envelope to the Well Christian Community, 2333 Neeson Drive. That's here in Livermore, California, the zip code 94551. Of course, you can always stop by our website. You can learn all about us at thewellchurch.net. That's thewellchurch.net. You can even take advantage of a few links, one of which will take you to our Facebook page. Or if you're on Facebook, simply look for The Well Christian Community. Don't forget, as you visit our website, take a moment and drop us an email. Let us know you paid us a visit. You can also follow Pastor Napoleon, by the way, on Twitter,